Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for soul growth. Come journey with us through astrology's energetic cycles and get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I don't hear anything, but am I on? This is Talk Cosmos, and oh, I guess I am on. There was a little bit of glitch, but then it's Aquarius time. Pluto's in Aquarius. Today is February, no, January 28th. We have archetypal, and we have kaleidoscope visions. I wish I could redo this, but we're live. That's the whole process of life. Sometimes we things don't work, and we got to just remake it, like make lemonade out of lemons, yes? Really, how much sugar do you want? Okay. Or maybe apple juice. I don't know. Maybe you're vegan. So today is Pluto Aquarius shine in your power. We're regrouping our leadership, essentially, we might say, because it's teamwork. Aquarius has, well, we'll talk about more of it, but it is the collective consciousness. And yet we can shine, but we need to remember there's other people shining too. So let's make a kaleidoscope of color. Yeah, that's it. Well, we are now ready for our panel kaleidoscope visions, and we will bring on at the half hour our wonderful guest with a transit reading. Okay, thank you. Associating current astrology transits to a real-life natal chart transit reading through the understanding of the sky's cosmic consciousness for navigating free will options, this is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, collaborating with guests weekly since 2018. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, consultant, workshop facilitator, and lecture speaker. I'm a Dwarf Planet University graduate, charter member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, I have an AA degree and a fine arts music degree in jazz. I'm a certified color energy life coach, a writer, artist, musician, and ardent mythologist, a student of esoteric philosophies and life. I'm Amanda Pierce. I'm a soul-centered astrologer, blending intuition into my practice. I believe the universe is always working for our highest good and seek to empower my clients in our readings. I teach a four-week series of empowerment-based meditation classes that connect you deeper into your own intuition and innate power. I work in communications with a passion for employee experience. I also have a BA in psychology. I'm passionate about healing and enjoy helping others create new realities and shift old paradigms. And I am John Chenworth, an astrologer from Seattle, Washington. I grew up in southern Arizona and was so obsessed with mythology that I concretely imprinted the Greco-Roman pantheon into my psyche. I still see those gods and goddesses infused into everything around me. My experiences of working with developmentally disabled and resource students for many years as both teacher and mentor has given me a strong compassion for others and has seasoned me with an exceptional reconciling energy. I have more than 18 years experience reading natal charts and continue to enhance consulting techniques by attending workshops and conferences. I use a unique blend of evolutionary, archetypal, and traditional astrological methods to look for themes in the birth chart for us to explore. I also enjoy penning poems and exploring Washington State on road trips. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, You are the entire ocean in a drop. 
<laughs> yes, just like that great picture back here. Yep, we're drop, drop, drop. Oh, what the ocean is. Amazing. Hello, my fellow drops. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Lovely to be here with you. It's good to be back. It surely is. I look forward always to our ventures together. So this is Pluto. Have you been feeling a little different lately? For sure. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's we're, yeah. we're really starting to come into it. And I'm super excited about this period of Pluto and Aquarius from January 20th to September 1st, where before it dips back into Capricorn, um, because of what we're talking about today, the, the sun conjunct Pluto as that ingress. So this is a really potent period. It is. And Pluto is making a conjunction with all the personal planets, which it didn't last March when it first ingressed for those two months. It was just, it, it, it affected us on a collective scale. But this is personal. This is like, hello, my life. Well, let's see what the slides have to say. We could, Nate, thank you so much. So here are the websites for Amanda Pierce and John Chinworth and myself. Next with us, if you have any further questions, Pluto and Aquarius. It, uh, it's ruler, not Pluto, but I did not put Uranus here. Spins the opposite of all the other planets, including Earth, from east to west, and it's on its side. So it's horizontal, the axis. It also has um, Shakespearean named moons. All the other planets have Roman Greek names, but Uranus has Shakespearean names. Another unique thing about the planet. Oh, I love this. Isn't that interesting? It's really just weird. It's a weird planet. Yeah, it's like coming to Earth in a sense. It's like Uranus had its sun, Cronus, time that was on Earth more than just sky, Uranus, and Gaia bursting and bursting and bursting. We could see that as far as humanity goes. Eventually, the cosmos had to have animals and life here. Amazing. Oh, that gets an interesting my mind thought spinning. about Pluto and Uranus. Well, Uranus is up because, of course, it rules Aquarius, where Pluto just entered. Um, Pluto rules the deepest part, the depths, the underworld, and Uranus rules the most farthest away, the farthest away in the heavens. He's the god of the heavens. So it's like these extreme gods yes. have come together somehow. Yeah, so and that's... I feel this pull, like, uh, wow, everything's shaking a little bit, right? And really, it has everything to do with Taurus that has, I mean, about spirit coming into matter. So, mm-hmm. and in, I know, like, Mayan astrology, they believe that the four, there's uh, people holding up the four corners of the earth so that or the tree the seba tree in guatemala that is the trunk holds the branches and the where the where the tree the trunk with the roots and the the heavens you know with the branches well aquarius as an archetype perhaps amanda do you want to start or john elaborate yeah i mean aquarius is it's just all about um, tapping into what is unique and what is correct for you. Um, that's what I love about Aquarius and that sense of community where everybody is of equal value and, uh, there's no one right way of doing things. It's, um, 
it's really tapping into the group and all of everybody's unique abilities. It does require that group communication and the, the whole process of the ego of self, which we need and we use, but realizing if everybody's equal, you got to listen, you got to hear what other people say and find some way to dialogue. Yeah. And in this way, uh, with community thinking, you can start to think outside the box. Like, what's the original idea? What's the radical thought? And Aquarius is totally open and welcome to that. It's the it's the lightning strike of genius. That's pure Aquarius. And also, uh, astrologer is kind of like Aquarius because um, astrology f- falls under that category. <laughs> well, that's right? true. It is it, it is that genius as an intuitive sign too, mm-hmm. which I think. And I also often relate that to the fact that we think of lightning, which Uranus has, where where it suddenly shows this tremendous view and then it goes away when the light goes away. And so it's like insights that we just perceive inner self, but we want to elevate. That's the other part of Aquarius. It wants to bring things to a better condition for the collective. Yeah, it's shifting. Go ahead. Sorry. It's, it's shifting out of Capricorn, which is, you know, a very structured, um, socially conscious sign and moving into, well, what, how can we make this better? How can we make this society better? It's, it is about society in the same way that the Capricorn is. It's just Capricorn does it from a very like top down structured way. And Aquarius wants to say, no, let's rethink this. How do we improve on this? How do we think outside Mm -hmm. the box and make it better? Yeah, working on what is, what are the, what to decondition exactly. And there is a shadow side, which I didn't put here, but it is elitism. That's one of them is to, or, or just not be grounded because it can be, uh, it's an air sign and right. it's fixed. It's not a water so, sign. People think it's mm-hmm. water, but it's an air sign. I know it pours. And right. And it's so mm-hmm. lifted up that it, it might be out of connection mm-hmm. with the reality on earth. So that's one of the dark sides, I guess, of Aquarius. Yeah, which this particular transit, we'll see later, has a lot of Earth still, so it's grounding that. Which is good. <laughs> Here, for the zero degrees ingress in Aquarius on January 20th, and it was, there's various times that you can read here. Um, however, on the 21st at GMT in London, worldwide, it was actually on the 21st. 50 minutes after midnight. So in New York or Washington, D.C., it was about 8 o'clock, 7.50, p.m. And in the West Coast, it was 4.50, 48 seconds p.m. So we'll just go on. Here is the chart. This is an Aries chart, folks, meaning that the time is set for that time. Oh, this happens to be in Honolulu. But still, so all the because that's where I am, not in Honolulu, but uh, Hailua Kona in Hawaii. And yet it's, uh, we begin with Aries. So in other words, we're not looking at the houses. And you'll see that Pluto and Sun were conjunct at the time that Pluto ingressed zero degrees. And what I love about this this ingress chart and this period of time um, with uh, Pluto and Aquarius is that it really personalizes the the Pluto and Aquarius journey for everybody. 
Uh, you know, Pluto's an outer planet. And so we don't often feel it on a personal level, but he, with the sun here, we're really going to kind of get a feel of how this energy is going to be working for us over the next 20 years and Absolutely. how we can, yeah. And how we can um, kind of like shift who we are and, and how we're being asked to like evolve and become even more of our unique selves. Yeah, it's a task in some ways because Aquarius is the fixed sign and it in, involves all the fixed. So, But I like the the optimism and that is part of the Aquarian that there is a better light here. John? Um, uh, setting ourselves to get a deeper um, understanding of our uniqueness perhaps could be what's being asked to do. Like what's your unique light to shine in the world? And maybe this is a chance to plumb the depths and find out what that is and then put it out there. Good time to do that kind of work. Yeah, the, the aspects here are really involved, first of all, with that Sun-Pluto combination of transform, transforming our ego. And it's in an action aspect square with Jupiter, our belief system. So immediately we're pondering, okay, what is that about? And Jupiter, meanwhile, is busy with a lot of action. It's in a flow with how we're thinking and wanting to act. And it's connecting with Saturn, which is the two of them have this great relationship of expansion and contraction. So one says, yeah, it's bigger. Let's collect this. And Saturn says, okay, but let's toss that and use that. Or in a connective energy, it's, it's collaborative that way. It can be quite a growth process. I was thinking uh, Jupiter and Taurus, Taurus being values, Jupiter, the expansion of those and it's square. It's like, what are your values? Oh, what, I know. What do, you, what do you bring? What's important right now? What really is important? And and be careful, right? And I, Taurus is like, is also known for, you know, liking to kind of just be, just feel good and kind of relax into things and, and can get a little bit stuck sometimes. And so this Pluto sun in Aquarius energy is like, you got to bust out of those, oh. those habits and the, those stuck patterns. And so there, there can be a little bit of friction with that. Indeed. And looking at these squares, which remember folks, that's like an action. It's a uh, um, drive, ambitions, which don't have to be bad unless you're plowing over somebody. And sometimes it is that kind of aggression where you don't really think about the other. So that's where the problem comes in. And here we have the moon, our personal sense, squaring exactly at five degrees, but they're mutable it, it, with Saturn, which is in Pisces. So it is really like, how's our personal fitting into the whole collective structure, you might say, but collective with the greater forces. It's pretty challenging. I, I love that this square is mutable because that the fixed square is a little more challenging. You know, they kind of butt heads a little bit more. Also, Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius. And so it has some influence over this Sun-Pluto Aquarius energy and it being square the moon, like that's another very personal connection. So this is very personal. We've got the moon involved. We've got the sun involved. Um, there's going to be a, a kind of a, a desire here to to be shifting. And I love the moon in Gemini. It's kind of like, let's get curious about oh, how yes. we want to how we want to shift. Like, 
and just gig involved in our local communities. She and I being the mm. local area. Oh, that's right? good. I love that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember because I know with Planet Buzz, I think we already did a session with Laura Tad that people can look at that really looked at Pluto in Aquarius as a whole hour trend, uh, talk because we it goes through all these personal planets. So I'm glad you're bringing this personal issue up. And Venus, which rules, because it's always like, who rules who? It's this tree of, of, of dispository, as we call it in astrology. And it's in action with Neptune. So really, again, it's the values. It's augmenting this whole process of values and stability or with um, resources, with water and the greater cosmos. And I love, I love Venus, Neptune, um, that connection as a way to kind of dream into a new reality. Like it's so, it's so much imagination, so much creativity there. Um, so just kind of let your, let yourself dream and, and, and see where, where it takes you. We have to be careful because it's a square. So beware of the sweet dreams. Don't get too carried away. Right. <gasps> That's, That's true. There's point. always two sides of a coin. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Let's get it rolling. That made me so think of the rhythmic were, song, Sweet maybe. Dreams. <laughs> yeah. And then we have healing because Chiron, the wounded healer, who who really takes what is a personal um, demise, we might feel so strongly, but yet learns through these actions how to, to incorporate others so that then it becomes a tool that we share and we learn and we heal and they heal. It's very strong. So I was really glad. And Mars and Venus, of course, are ruling the, the nodes right now. So they're powerful, you know, these personal planets. They're and Chiron with us. the North Node is like uh, the healing journey is just good for future growth. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's, yeah, the, right, and it's the right path to be, to be on at this time. And Chiron in Aries, North Node in Aries, like this right. is stepping into you as an individual and healing on that level. Like, mm -hmm. And that really plays well with that stepping into the uniqueness of, of your own um, gifting and how you shine in the world. Right. Perfect. Being, being and, fierce about it because of Aries. <laughs> yeah, and yes, identity. Yeah. Exactly. Well, here we have some a few Sabian symbols that John will describe. Generally, just speaking, they were 1925, spiritualist medium Elsie Wheeler and astrologer Mark Edmund Jones. And it's about each one. And we're doing... The ascendant, and I think we're going to do the moon and sun, but I only did those two. So people can read what it is. John, lead on, and I'll go ahead. Well, the sun's at 21 Scorpio. We move it a, a degree forward, so it'd be 22 Scorpio. And that symbol for that degree is hunters shoot wild ducks. And that, that's to me about uh, decision and execution and go ahead. So in this chart, uh, the sun wants to just kind of take charge and do what it wants to do. The moon, not listed, is at 24 Leo. So we look at 25. A man crosses a hostile environment alone. So persistence, relentlessness, rel I can't say the word, relentlessness and drive. So the moon is, is it's a very strong moon and it wants to get things done, it sounds like. And the ascendant, uh, was it 07 Aries, which is 08? 08. It's yeah. eight. Yeah. 
a large um, woman's hat with streamers. They're blowing through the, yeah. And I get the, the little thing of little ideas, inklings, and um, just your brain just coming up with ideas, being very creative, which is kind of a wonderful ascendant. It is. And, and this idea that things change. And so remember to be centered, you know, allow it, but don't get thrown off. Mm-hmm. And these saving symbols are, um, are specific to our guest coming up, correct? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, to, just wanted to clarify that. Thank you. Yeah, because the fact that, oh, 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 that's right. That is for not the, that's right. Because our guest's son is 21 Scorpio. Yeah. So here we go into the natal chart. Thank you very much, Amanda. That's why we're a team. We're listening. <laughs> so here we have the needle chart. And there is a grand trine, which we'll also show in the next one. And a stellium in Sag. So there's a lot of in spirit, in inspiration, instinctiveness, just innately in this individual. And the, the primary luminaries are square. So there's a lot of action, how to use your... Hmm. on an emotional level, using this, uh, which means they're also not, they're fixed as it is. So there could be a quite a process of working with that sun, that moon that has that full manifested, wants to, needs to achieve uh, its actualization, actualization in Leo but the the sun in Scorpio is always rebirthing or recomposing. Like, is it deep enough? Is it, you know, maybe, yeah, shamanic, actually. Go ahead. Who else? A lot of fire in the chart. A lot of inspiration. A lot of, um, I'd like to inspire people, perhaps. Or maybe, maybe likes to shine a little bit. That's all right. It's yes, very, needs to. It's a very warm chart to me. A lot of creative energy with all, with all of that fire and um, kind of a lot of like big thinking energy too, that, yeah. that Sagittarius up there. And then um, the next slide is, I feel like one of the really big pieces of this chart. Where yeah, we have- let me, let me, I will just in a moment, I want to say though, that, that Mars, that drive, that is uh, part of the next one also is the ruling because this person's going to have a nodal return later, which we'll talk about because the Aries uh, at, at New Year's, actually, I point out. So here is the square. and But also the, the, the genius innovation and perhaps some um, sudden, you know, with, with the opposition with Uranus in there. Okay, well, we'll go ahead. Go ahead, Amanda. <laughs> You're on. Yeah, so grand sextile here, which combines a grand trine of air and a grand trine of fire. And so you can see those outer dark blue or maybe purple lines and that forms a hexagon. So it's sextiles all around the chart. And this is, um, it's really good energy, um, kind of very harmonized energy in a chart. And so there's great flow through all of this, all of this fire energy, the creativity, the passion, and the air, like lots of um, big, 
thinking and um, mental connections. So with a grand sextile like this, it is so harmonized, but and which means there's amazing flow, but it, you often need some dynamic tension to kind of help manifest um, things into reality. So and that's grounded with, yeah. with the earth. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a very, very big part of uh, Metzl's chart here. So before we go, John, if you had something, go ahead. But I noticed too that because we're going into the bywheel, that there's a couple of improvements that this person's probably feeling because of last year that are just waning or that are releasing. Because I know being Scorpio too, there's a lot of all hunger for growth, transformation, power and and powerlessness. Because when you have uh, relationships that are exchanging resources, you're empowered. And and these would very much question how those were working, but now that's ending. One of them was a yod, which is where, and was with transiting Neptune, which was not in a harmonious, it, in conjunct is a matter of adjustment, constant adjustment. And it was between the moon and Mars. So it was the emotion and the mojo, the, the action that with Neptune was dissolving, dissolving, dissolving and perhaps attracting to spiritual ways of trying to reach in the 12th house. But that was going on mostly last January through March, and then again at the end of the year. But now it's waning. It's 25 degrees and will not go back there. So it's always an improvement. The next one is that Mars that drives the fire. I mean, that drives the North Node in Aries, that 23 Libra, and the nodes were, again, this last October through December, smack on that for months and months, very intense. And eclipses, too, so there was probably a lot of releasing. Both of these are very releasing energies. But now, it's a 19 far away so there we go there's our by will and we can may have to talk a little bit after the break go ahead with both of lots so inner chart here is metzels outer chart is the the pluto transit and um and i love that you brought up the 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 uh mars conjunction to the south node because that i feel like that mars is a really big piece here he, they've got a north node in Aries, which means that they're moving from that south node in Libra, which can often be um, people pleasing or caring what others think more. And in and so going more into that Aries of I I want to do my own thing in this lifetime. And this, with this, all of this like fire and air, it's like metal has all of the, these big ideas and is very forward thinking, but then the Mars is back in Libra. And so there's, there needs to be that balance between going their own way and figuring out how to, how to partner with people and how to, how to work with people in an appropriate way that still is um, true to who they are. And in the chart, 
that will be supported very well. Everything you're saying clearly with the fact that the natal Uranus is conjunct by Venus that rules um, the south node, you know, and, and also Libra, you know, that transiting node that's going on with Mars. And so there's a lot of uh, sudden changes happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, ju- and they just had a Venus return earlier in January, too. So this is a whole new, uh, like, Venus <clears throat> period for them. Like, how are we doing that south node differently? Because the south node isn't a bad place. No. It's got tons of gifting. So, um, and it coming up now on, on the um, r- uh, exactly opposing their Chiron and coming up on their Uranus is, um, is going to kind of help shift that a bit as well. Yeah. And that's the first house and with Chiron there. It seems like the work wants to be done on identity and, and, and how uh, they present themselves into the world. I want people to see me, maybe as a healer. Help me out a little yeah. bit, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, and and that's so perfect with the the Pluto Sun period that we're moving into in Aquarius, mm-hmm. and yeah. the and that conjunction is right up in the tenth house. So, like big visibility. Oh, yes. You know, this is the the career or the um, purpose house. Um, how you're seen out in the world. So she's kind of like shifting that in some ways. And that Chiron looks like it's transit in the first house. Looks like it's going to be um, very healing for that as well. Yeah, quite a communicator too with uh, communication. And before we take a break here, there's two transits that will be pretty powerful. One is that Jupiter will be uh, moving in February in a month, opposing that uh, Pluto, which rules the sun meaning that there's going to be a lot of more philosophical awareness of belief structures and and how and, and to shift around. And then also those nodes that are transiting are going to go for a long time later this year across the descendant with people and into the, from, so that'll be very strong. And there's a eclipse and at the end of the year will be that nodal return. So it, it's, it, it's an ongoing relationship with self and others. And go ahead, John. Lots of depth work. I just noticed that Jupiter will also be conjunct. I guess that's Sedna, which is that goddess from the depths of the ocean, right? Oh, yes. And it wants body work. I think in, yeah. in Sedna, in Taurus... It wants one to remember the body. So yeah. whether you heal, it'll be interesting to talk with Metzl and find out what what what's happening and what's going on. So shall we take our quick break and we'll be, come back? Okay, very good. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we'll be right back. I think that was an anonymous yes. And then we'll bring on Metzl. Thank you so much. January 28th. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, 
ruled modernly by Uranus, and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom. Just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards, as a fixed air sign represented by the water bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 4th, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll check in with Meow Cat Rescue, Help Animals India, and animals around the world with Animals247.org. Plus, we'll hear about all the great events and classes coming up at the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Hot Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. And to find out about upcoming programs, sign up for the newsletter at TalkCosmos.com. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Hi, I want to say immediately at the half hour here, folks, sign up for your readings. The form is available. Go to TalkCosmos.com. It's simply right there on the front page in many several places with the panel and whatnot. And you just simply put in your name and and then I'll get in touch with you. And because every fourth uh, Sunday we have kaleidoscope visions and we had a full calendar. So I took it off for several months, but we're on and ready to take your calls. And, and we've had people from England. So it, it can be anywhere you are. It'll be wonderful. So, and also, if you have any, do go to the web pages or, or URLs for consultations for either John, Amanda, or myself. So, shall we? Did anybody have anything they wanted to say, or should we bring on Metzel? Yay! Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Metzel, join us. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Long time. Hey, Metzel. It's great to Welcome. see you. This is very interesting. Um, I did, when my chart came up, I was like, oh my God, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) You are an astrologer. That's right. Yeah. And it's very interesting being on the other side of this. And it's like, I haven't had this done for my chart in a bit. So um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Thank you so much for looking at my chart. What would you, did you have, is there anything that you would like to comment on or I can ask some questions? Like I, I indicated that certain things might be feeling relief from last year. Perhaps there were a lot of changes with your um, uh, 
partnerships or people or relationships or I don't know. Any comments? Tell us more what you might think. Yeah. So uh, I, looking at it and then hearing what was said about my chart, um, I just started working for a nonprofit medical um, facility last year. And it was a huge change for me because I was working from home as a contractor for like two years. So getting back into like being around people and interacting with people is it's been a huge thing for me i also went through a surgery so my body took a toll also and i'm kind of getting used to that still i know that was mentioned um and on top of that it was like this whole transformation of do i want to be someone that voices my opinion and makes people upset uh or do i want to be the person that's just trying to do things by the rules or what is socially acceptable and so i'm kind of um getting used to this like i'm just gonna say what i'm gonna say and if it upsets someone then they're not meant to hear what i say type of thing Mm -hmm. um the other part of this transit that i noticed just from back here um is the the sun in pluto conjunction was on uh hexagram 60 of the eating which is like finding the restrictions and then using those restrictions as a springboard and i can relate to that because Uh, there are a few things in my personal life that seem like restrictions. And for me, I'm like, how am I going to like make this look, you know, expensive? How am I going to make this thing look nice? How am I going to transform with what I have? And so, yeah, like, it's just really interesting. The other part of it too uh, was the grand sextile, like seeing it. I've, I've seen it before in my chart. Didn't really think much of it. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, there's two mystic rectangles there. So I have a lot of restrictions just in that formation. And now it's it's just kind of hitting me seeing it here. But yeah. We think of the mystic rectangle, um, not as like something heavy to lift, but um, like mystical building blocks. What would you like to build spiritually? That's a great way to look at the mystic rectangles. Those planets actually, and the, making those rectangles are actually in good aspect with each other. They're trines and sextiles. So it's like, yeah. good, it's good building. That's such a great way to say it. Like, for instance, looking at Juno, because the asteroids do make it. And the asteroid is of Juno is of marriage traditionally, but that's our alliances. Colette Baron reed talks about it as our alliances, which I like so much. And so here, your alliances are... You can look at it in several ways because there's each one makes a mystic triangle with two. So with the one, Juno is looking at your philosophies or your belief structures and then going to the moon of the feelings and past and, and our emotional structure. And then it's going with our mojo, our, our forward action. But on the other hand, Juno, our alliances, is innovative with sudden new well, not inspired, but revelations, you could say. Could be shocks, too. There's two ways. But again, back with the moon, but here on a healing basis. So there's this toggle, each one. A lot of strength, I think, in that, which it kind of helps us. I mean, I think of it as if we're on a raft, there isn't one way that's going to topple us. (laughs) You know, we, we stay floating somehow. I am curious about your spiritual journey. I'm looking at Chiron opposite Neptune, Uranus, and, and just the whole configuration itself. I'm just kind of curious. 
you could speak a little bit about that or or you don't have to you don't want to yeah um spiritually so i kind of take myself out of labels uh but i do mm-hmm. like healing work i do astrology i do cards i'm a psychic medium all the things oh, wow. but in my mind i'm like mm, those are labels that i don't really want to associate with i just want to be an artist so uh for me like my spiritual journey is literally just drawing or painting or um beating and when doing that i kind of lose track of who i am in this body so uh just this last year a piece of my art was featured downtown where i live and um it was a huge deal i'm like i've never had this type of art installation in uh, this capacity of something that I made that was super detailed and beautiful and it has a lot of ties to my heritage and so it was uh, kind of like cathartic for me I'm like I'm an artist but yeah wow. I'm so, thank you John for asking thank you Metzl because it just shouts so much here of that uh, soul work and depth and so the fact that it's been trans collaborate transmuted into this creative art you know as a whole is very beautiful and i it's interesting too because you've got uh your midheaven is square your nodes and so this is like a big part of your journey on this lifetime is um, resolving any issues around how you show up in out in the world, and that midheaven is is conjunct Neptune, so there is going to be some type of spiritual or um, artistic even component to that. So the the fact that you're like working through that and having your artwork shown that's a that's very much tenth house. So that's beautiful to see. Um, I also like that. So the Minheaven Capricorn, it's, it often um, leads to careers in very traditional landscapes. So not surprising that you you do, um, I think you said medical work. I, I, I don't quite remember. Yeah, that's a traditional area. But of course, you're going to do it in your own way. And it doesn't have to be like the end all be all of your career or your purpose, right? And the ruler of that Midheaven Saturn is in that really forward-thinking um, Sagittarius conjunct Uranus, so totally doing it your own way, breaking free from the the prescribed notions of of what you should be doing. So beautiful kind of pathway on your journey through the nodes. I like that the ruler is also in the ninth house, which brings up philosophy and travels to foreign countries or learning about foreign cultures. Or have- bringing your own culture into visibility, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. because we, yeah, exactly. Mm. So often, I think any of us can feel like, well, particularly in this day and age, you know, what, who are, what are we part of? And yeah, but Aquarian. feel that in, the, I'm sorry. No, I definitely no. feel that in uh, this year, like, growing into the am i allowed to share these things about my people and my culture as an indigenous person do i know enough do i have permission to share these things Mm -hmm. uh and so now i'm like well i'm just gonna do it (laughs) 
Yes, yes. You know, that there is a lot. That's a thank you, Mental, for bringing that up because I haven't that kind of lineage. I mean, I, well, not really. I mean, my own lineage came, my dad came from Norway and all this. So there is a certain history there, but yet I don't feel that sense of responsibility. But I do to astrology. And so I recognize in that very abstract way, I've been wanting to just say things about mythology, my interpretations or my feelings. And I'm beginning too to get like, you know what? Let's just do it. And people, you know, because if I, yeah. It feels, it feels appropriate too for the, the Pluto transition from Capricorn into Aquarius. And that with Capricorn, you know, we're often looking up at the hierarchy and at the people at the top to tell us, you know, what's correct. And mm-hmm. they're the authorities, right? And with Aquarius, we're, we're shifting that so that everybody has a voice and maybe not everybody's voice is going to resonate with everybody else's. But if you get it out there, it's going to resonate with somebody. And it has to because you have Juno and Aquarius, which is... Um, but being the queen of the community, it's like you you belong there in some way, in some fashion. You'll you'll find that tribe mm-hmm. tribe out there. I also want to talk about uh, you're in a twelfth house perfection year until your birthday, which is a Neptune house. So there might be this this during this previous birth year you wanted to maybe hide out, do art, and be kind of hidden. And this next birthday you go into a first house perfection year ruled by looks like Mars, which is going to be this real shift of energy into being out there in the world, I think. So it's interesting to think about. That's definitely something that I'm like, it's been on my mind. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm prepared to be. Well, not yet. <laughs> yeah. So the, perhaps the work you're doing now is perhaps preparing you for that first house debut, whatever that is. And right. I think that leads into a lot of these transits happening because I noticed that in a month, for instance, your sense of your Jupiter, which is rooted in the Taurus of of form and values and the material of resource, you know, survival and music, all kinds of things. But it's going to be in direct opposition to your natal Pluto, which is so strong in the chart because, you know, it's in Scorpio too, which rules your sun. And actually Pluto is really you could say conjunct the sun i mean it's wide but for sun and pluto it's it's conjunct so that's going to be in a month a a a a very impetus plateau of recognition of however you work with it and then later in march we get that eclipse which is going to be five degrees which is only two degrees from your descendant and opposite the ascendant so that'll be another you know, eclipses, shut the light off, and then you see it again, and it's a process. What can we say? It's a process. But and it will mm-hmm. – oh, oh, I think so. It will also – that the eclipse, it's meant to either get you a little bit more on your path, or if you're already there, it's going to propel you forward with more, more speed. So this is this may be a piece for you where it's like – it's 
it's going to get you ready for for November for that first house perfection year. And the fact that you just had a Venus return, which rules that descendants. So this is all big shifting and changing and it hasn't quite even gelled yet is my my guess. And going back to Neptune in the 12th that John brought up, Neptune's job is to dissolve and make things that are sure, unsure, because it has a whole different trajectory. It has spirit that's involved with our co-relationship, you know, the inner self of connection. So you're in this huge process because the rest starting August on that south node that is really approaching. And because of the, the eclipse season, you know, it's going to stay hovering over that descendant until finally you have a nodal return. So that means flashback 18 and a half years. Check out when your other returns were. What was the theme happening? And it, it's something with relationships, of course. It's beginning and ending. So here it's a relationship with yourself. So you'll what we're trying to say is it's good to to be vulnerable and realize, no, I'm not quite ready, but the universe is conspiring to help you, <laughs> I think. And the transit will go, the, the nodal transits will go into the sixth, twelfth axis, which is like discipleship and spirituality and setting up regimens and uh, finding a, like an ashram where you can have peace. So and letting go of certain ones, like they're not yeah, working, yeah. these people aren't supporting it. Scorpio is so good at saying, Sorry, I don't even know if it says sorry. It's like, nope, we're gone. <laughs> Might be kind of cool when the nodes hit Neptune and and Juno. Wow. Oh, where is that? Let's see. They're gonna go. They're going backwards, so they'll hit the twelfth six, and you have Juno and Neptune there. Well, I guess Juno might have, will have moved along a little bit, but Neptune will be there on the north well, node. I love that. He, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be a nodal. I just experienced my nodal return and. You know, it's a whole process. It's like, well, fine, I know what's happening, but what's it doing? But it's that whole journey of contacts and people and the kaleidoscope, here we go, of, you know, changing the prism to get new pictures. The process. Well, and everything that you you said, Metzl, as well, it, it sounds like you're really working your Mars and Libra because, you know, you're doing your own thing, you're finding that balance of how to do it and how to to make it as win-win as possible with that Libra energy. So you're working it and it looks like you're on your path. And um, I'm just excited for how this kind of progresses for you. And you know, that brings up the fact, since we are talking about the transit of Pluto ingress and noticing that in this chart, Venus, transiting Venus, see, there's sex, innately, Uranus is sextile in that, eh, wait a minute, Sue, I begin to morph too much here, don't I? Yeah, no, that's not right. Well, at any rate, what was I looking at that you just said? Oh, that's right, we're not looking at what's circled in the circle, we're looking at Mars, the next little red spot, folks, over here. It's sextile, that means it's a connective energy with Uranus. So you intuitively just kind of your own spark plug. And, but what I'm getting at is it's the ruler in this chart 
Venus is smack dab on top. So yeah, it's supporting what Amanda's saying about your leadership of waking up to the values of that want to shift. Are you familiar with the planet Eris or the goddess Eris in mythology? Yeah. So uh, I do belong, she says, as she throws out the golden apple. Well, you have Chiron conjunct that right now. And I think it's healing for you to think about that, how, that you do belong. This Good is a point. chance to step into the court at Olympus and say, hey, don't forget me. Right? Yeah, it's exclusion and inclusion. Good call. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank so, you. I've been doing a lot of uh, DEI work and making sure that people like me are included by also saying, like, you cannot do this to me over the last year and uh, making sure that my voice is heard as a person of color, as a queer person, um, as a non-binary person. And so getting into that, um, those spaces, it was very, like, uncomfortable at first. And now it's like, okay, I'm commanding my energy and commanding my voice to be heard type of thing and also making space for other people um just last week i kind of realized like if i mess up then i'm not only learning from my own mistakes but i'm also like providing steps for other people to wow. improve wow yeah that's it's beautiful and then and then showing yourself the grace of like being okay to make mistakes is also that's another way of providing another mm -hmm another way of, of showing people how to how to be a leader in the world. Yeah. These energies are waning and exactly what you've said. And then bottom line, looking at that Chiron transiting in this chart, connecting exactly with your natal heiress, because I think you've got, we were talking about heiress and that's what John was saying. You're speaking, you're, spe you're walking your talk. It's like really strong and empowering so i thank you mental for joining us uh, and waiting uh-huh oh just i was gonna say i'm gonna embody the juno energy down with the patriarchy ah <laughs> uh, yeah you know you've waited since march and i know your schedule didn't work but this is where it's like a cons the energy the universe said now's the time and i thank you it's been beautiful thank you thanks metal so thank you everybody for joining and remember please sign up go to talkcosmos.com thank you amanda and thank you john thank you both good to be here wonderful session be here with yeah. you thank you everyone okay we'll see you next month and yes indeed okay and many blessings for your shining in your leadership folks we can all work at it together Thank you for joining an insightful conversation on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests awaken consciousness by connecting soul growth patterns with astrology's energetic cycles. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific time, to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.